Hey, thanks so much for joining us for our live church programming. I am so glad you're here today. And I want to specifically let you know that we're going to be speaking to men. We run a men's conference called Excel every year, and there I preached a message called Valor. And as I look around Europe, I see so many men who need to understand God as a father so that they can become fathers. They need to understand what it means to be a son, an uncle, a grandfather, to relate well to other people. So this is what we're going to talk about. I know it's going to impact your life. And then I'll be talking more about the work of Life Church at the end of the message. You know, God, um, God really spoke to me this week as I was preparing to get ready for you. And I felt God say to me that God was sending us men who have been beat up, but this weekend was going to build them up. And so this is the opening session to help. If anybody here, and I know already from the opener to the worship, there's a theme that if you've been through struggle, if you've been through hard times, if you've been through tough challenging circumstances. Thank God that you brought your trouble to excel tonight. Thank God that you came and you're not finished and you came as you are tonight because what's going to happen is we're going to open up this sequence and the big guns are going to bring it home tomorrow with Pete Wilson and Dr. Roby and I'm just opening tonight what God is doing. And so my heart is full and as I was thinking about this, what it means to be beaten down is, is sometimes your life is like this. God showed it to me like this. God uses average, ordinary things to speak to me. This is a Krispy Kreme donut. Yeah, speaks to us through Krispy Kremes. And when your life has been challenged, it's like you're coming empty. And this God-shaped hole is what God is about to fill this weekend. And I know there's some men in the house. Is there any men who feel a little empty this evening? Anybody feel a little empty this evening? There's one over there. Anybody else that feels a little empty this evening? Oh, there's a couple of them. Somebody over there. Somebody else feels a little empty this evening. Krispy Kreme donuts to get it going. Something about accepting where you are, being real with where you are, and saying, okay, I need some help. As we approach the Word of God, we're going to get you some help tonight because people are depending on you. Your families are depending on you. But here's a thought that will sober you. The future is depending on you. Man, we got to get this right. We got to get this right. We got to fix our past. We got to deal with our present. And we got to get prepared for what God wants to do through us. So I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. It's where we're going to start. It's going to come up on the screen behind us. Hebrews 11, 32. And the Bible says this. It says, the writer to the Hebrews did not have time to tell about Gideon, Samuel, Jephthah, Barak, Samson, and the prophets. But tonight... We're going to take time to talk about Gideon. We're going to talk about Gideon's life. We're going to pause here because here in Hebrews chapter 11, we didn't have time, the writer of Hebrews didn't have time to go there. And in this short space of time, we're going to go to Judges chapter 6. We're going to pick up Gideon's life and we're going to start in verse 11 and go right through till verse 
24, Gideon's entire life is fit into those three chapters, 6, 7, and 8. But for tonight's purposes, we're just going to give Gideon some time in that first section of his life. We're going to look at how he was called. See, if you understand how you're called and how you're set up for adversity, then if you understand that dynamic, then you can start making a difference from where you are. And in Gideon's life, so fascinates me because this was a time of tremendous oppression. The Midianites and the Amalekites, they came and there were over 130,000 enemy soldiers, and they surrounded all of God's people. And rather than God's men rising up against the tide that was against them, they hid in fear. They went into their caves. They went into their castles. They went into their recession, and they receded back. They didn't stand strong against the tide that was happening in the culture of the day. And I look at that and I see the parallel for what's happening, not just in the UK, but in Europe and around the globe today. And if we can understand and learn these principles from Gideon's life, we're going to be set up not to go onto the retreat. We are not holding the fort until Jesus comes back. We're not called to just live our average, ordinary life, no matter how average you feel, because inside Every man of God is the power of God that's resident, that's resilient, that's ready to come out. And I'm speaking and I'm calling that power of God out of these men so we can get active in building God's kingdom. So here we go. Judges chapter 6 verse 11. This is what happened. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Oprah, it belonged to Joash the Abazarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the, wide pre- in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Imagine right now if there was an angel sitting in this place. And the angel's just checking out, just looking around, just seeing who's here. Just looking at those who travel to make a difference. Just looking at those who prioritized their life to be here at Excel. You see, this is what happens when you decide to make a stand for God by coming to a place like this. God sees you. God finds you. And this is what happened, even though there was tremendous oppression in Gideon's day, he just decided, hey, I'm just a young man. Hey, I'm just on my own, but... I'm going to start doing something. I'm going to start in the cold. I'm going to start on my own. I'm going to pioneer something new. I'm going to do it. And because Gideon had this mindset, he just starts in a wine press in the middle of the night, and he just starts treading down the wine. And he was doing it at night because every time God's people started to advance, every time they started to get productive, the enemy troops would sweep in and steal all their productivity. The enemy would come in and wipe out all of their future harvest and steal it all away. But something was different in this young man. And he said, even though the enemy's out there, I'm going to hatch a strategy in the middle of the night to do something that the enemy can't steal. And I believe this with all my heart. 
that God has been speaking to so many of us behind the scenes and other people don't even know it yet. Your wives don't know it. Your best friends don't know it. Some of your pastors don't know it. But God is incubating a new purpose in your heart, a new destiny in your heart, a new calling in your heart. And you've got to guard and protect that calling because as you stand in that calling, the enemy wants to come and destroy that calling. Because if he can destroy it in the beginning at the outset, when it's in its inception, when it's at its weakness, it's the easiest point to be destroyed. But after your calling gains force and finds men of God that are standing with you and finds a church that's going to get behind you and ministries that are going to get behind you, very difficult for an enemy to stop it then. But now we have almost 100 churches represented right here tonight at Excel. So many churches that God wants to see exploding with growth and health and harvest. But if he can stop us when we're small, then we can't gain strength and momentum. But I'm speaking purpose. I'm speaking momentum. I'm speaking calling. I'm tired of being on the retreat. And so from Gideon's life, something in him, he was like, something's wrong with this scene. So many people are holding back. I ain't going to hold back anymore. I want to get my sword out. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I'm going to start somewhere. I'm going to be this. You know, I don't know where you're at tonight, but because you prioritized your time here, God is about to do something incredible in your life. Because you came. And that's what happened to Gideon. Was Gideon special? Was he dynamic? Was he this incredible, anointed, gifted individual? I don't think so. Gideon just showed up. He showed up at night. You showed up tonight at Excel. You are here. And because you're here, you're going to attract heaven's attention. And this angel that was sitting wasn't just any old angel. We'll talk about that later. But he just watched Gideon. He didn't just interrupt Gideon straight away. He just sat back and he just watched the steps that he was taking. You see, sometimes when we start serving God, God doesn't just kick in with revival straight away. 21 years I've been believing God for revival in Europe. 21 years. It's not come yet. Oh, we're blessed and we've seen God do tremendous things. But I need to tell you, man, God is doing something He's doing something in Europe. He's doing something in our hearts. He's doing something in our house. He's doing something in our marriages. He's doing something in our neighborhoods. And even though people say that it'll never happen if, in, in Europe, hey, if this can happen in Bradford, England, with over 100,000 Muslims in our inner city, don't you think God can cause an explosion anywhere? I believe that. I think this is a prophetic sign that this is happening here tonight. This is our treading on the wine press. This weekend is our treading on the wine press. The harvest hasn't come yet. The harvest is when you go back home on Saturday night or on Sunday. That's when the harvest kicks in. So we're going to build you up. Say this, I am ready to be built up. This is what happens with Gideon. In the middle of his treading, in the middle of what he's doing, the angel speaks. And the angel says, the Lord is with you. You mighty man. And this is the word, valor. You know, words have power. So many of us have been called so many things in life that we're believing the lies of an enemy. Instead of understanding, God says over your life, no, 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 no. You are a man of valor. You are a man of valor. Of valor. You are 
a man of valor. You see, this concept of valor is not married to the men of God in the UK and in Europe. And we want to change that tonight. Because valor, valor is, is so much more than being brave. Valor is so much more than being courageous. Valor means this. Valor means to be courageous in the face of danger. Doesn't mean just to have boldness or just to have a little bit of a, you know, strength about you. No, it means that in your day of adversity, strength comes like a flood. And if we ever need it, strength in this day of danger, it's right now in 2015. With all of the tragedy in the world, we live in a time with so much danger. Paris, France. Some of the, I mean, even today, another shooting, another killing all over the globe. So many challenges face us as men of God. But in dangerous times, God raises up people of significance. In dangerous times and in difficult circumstances, God raises up you and I to make a difference. And so here we've got Gideon in dangerous times. I mean, this is dangerous. People are going to come and kill him at any moment. And yet these words begin to fill his soul. He is a man of valor. And here's what I wanted to bring to you tonight. First thing I want to say is this. Valor is a choice. Valor is a choice. Valor is not a feeling. Valor is not a feeling. Valor is a choice. Valor is your choice. You chose to come here tonight. You made a decision. Maybe other people said, oh, you know, why are you going? You know, maybe it's that Christian stag weekend thing where you're away from your wife, away from your kids, away from those distractions, away from those people who want to talk to you every five minutes about these things that always need doing, DIY around the house, things that are broken, things that need fixing, things that need your attention, all these things. You just need some space, pressures at work, responsibilities in the office place, failures and successes, and it's all mixed in, and it becomes this pressure. It's hard to be a man of God. It's hard to stand in these compromising lifestyles that so many around us just seem to just, doesn't even bother them, doesn't even phase them. But I've realized that commitment is a choice. Courage is a choice. Bravery is a choice. Showing up is a choice. And after you make a choice, after you decide in the cold light of day, I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to do everything I can to be a father, to be a friend. After you decide to do that, you know, this is, this is so powerful. After you decide, after you make that decision, that decision is often challenged. And when that decision is challenged, you've got a choice to make. Either you're going to, either you're going to stand Either you're going to stay in this place of conviction, either you're going to keep turning up, keep supporting your local church, keep growing in the things of God, or you're going to quit. That's your choice. You can stand strong or you can quit. That's your choice. You can let the pressure and the difficulty get you down. You can let the lack of growth. You can let the challenges. You can let the obstacles destroy you. Or you could do like Gideon did. And you can decide to make a difference. Because this is him. He's treading the wine press. And his response to this valor, you're a mighty man of valor, is this. You can read it with me in Judges chapter 6. He says, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are you? Where are your miracles that your father told us about? Didn't you tell us that you'd bring us out from Egypt? 
And now you've forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of your enemies? And here's Gideon trying to understand the why. Here he is trying to, well, well, why? Why is it God? I'm, I'm a man of valor. Why are we going through these problems? Why are we going through these challenges? I'm tithing and I'm giving, but Lord, my finances are not changing. Lord, Lord, I'm trusting you and I'm believing, but my, but my wife is barren and she can't have children. Lord, I'm like, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm serving you, but, but, but things are not turning out the way they thought, the way you promised. Lord, I mean, I, I know what this is like because when God called me from this little place in Wenatchee, Washington, which is a little place in the middle of nowhere, and he called me to Bradford. I'm like, God, anywhere but Bradford. Don't send me here, Lord. Send me to New York or send me to Florida. Send me anywhere else but Bradford. And I'm like, God, I don't want to go to Bradford. I don't want to stay in Bradford. I don't understand what's going on. And yet God has a way of winning those conversations. God has a way when you argue with him like Gideon did of not even responding to your complaining. Why? Because he wants you to grow in your maturity and your understanding. And, and I realized that God wouldn't, didn't want to get into my problem with me. He didn't want to climb down into the issue with me because he was trying to pull me out of my thinking and my downward spiral. He wasn't questioning me where I was at. And neither did this supposed angel. He didn't go to get in. Yeah, you're right. You're in a really hard season. We might as well just quit. Oh, yeah, the Midianites, they're tough. They're strong. Your circumstances are too hard. Let's just give up. Let's just quit. Let's just all go home. No, the angel of the Lord did not say that. What he said in verse 14 is he said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Go in the strength that you have. He didn't even get into his problem. Ooh, how cruel of God. How cruel of God. He didn't counsel me. He didn't get into my issue. He didn't talk to me about some of these challenges. I'm not saying that we don't do counseling. We absolutely entirely do. But if you stay focused on your negativity and you don't understand how to replace your negativity with right thinking and transform thinking, then you're going to stay in your depression for the rest of your life. And so God in his wisdom, he doesn't climb down into our hole with us. What God does is he pulls us out and he sets us up for success. And so he says to Gideon, Gideon, the Midianites, don't worry about the Midianites. Go in the strength that you have. If you go in the strength that you have, I believe that England and Europe can be saved. If you go in the strength that you have, if you go in the strength, if you understand who God is and who you are, go in the strength that you have, we as men can turn our society around. Hey, I, I just think that message, valor, stirred something in your heart. You know, we're going to stay on this theme to reach more men. We want to reach men and see them become everything that God intended them to be. I believe our generation needs the men of God to emerge, which is why we do our men's conferencing, which is why we speak to the men in our house across our campuses. So we are praying. If you're watching today and you're a man of God, I pray you rise up into your potential, into your calling, into your destiny, and go on and believe God for greater things in these months and years ahead. 
Charlotte Gamble's latest book helps us to find perspective in the tough seasons of life. It talks about wisdom in the weariness, strength for the struggles, more passion to persist and joy for the journey of life. Engaging, personal and full of biblical truth and wisdom. To purchase this book or discover more resources, visit her website charlottegamble.com.